Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to the Musician Studio. I'm Ethan Millard. My guest today is a classically trained guitarist turned rock musician turned educator. He's Brady Bills. Brady, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, glad to be here. So uh, you first started out, uh, you, you are a classically trained guitar player. What does that mean to be classically trained? Yeah, so uh, classical guitar, it's the, it's the wooden one, has nylon strings. It sounds kind of like a piano harp combo. Okay. A lot of Spanish music played on that. So uh, that that's what I play. I Grow out my fingernails on my right hand, so they. Um, that's so what you used to pick. Pick, yeah, yeah. Without them, it sounds uh, a little. It, it, there's no volume or point to the note. So, do that stuff. Play the classical tunes and uh, uh, read music. Do all that stuff. Really focused on like technique and, and junk like that. But then, uh, yeah. So I did that in college because it. Uh, uh, that's where the scholarship money was. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the de- it's in the string department, which okay. are the endowed string, orchestra, violin, bowed, holy instruments uh, right. that, that have money there. And you go to a school, a college's guitar department. Like if they have a guitar department, it doesn't have any money. So, but uh, oftentimes you're part of the string category. So. Okay. The jazz department, the commercial music department, there ain't no money there for right. scholarships, but the, they got donors giving to the symphonies and those things. And so I, could, I, I was able to weasel out uh, – free school doing the the classical guitar. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you know, you have uh, shared the stage with a lot of major musicians, including guys like Tim McGraw. You've opened for Journey, Kelly Clarkson, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen, all these, all these different bands and artists. Yeah. Do you feel like your classical training made you a better rock musician? Because you weren't playing classical music up on the stage with these artists. No. Yeah. Well, classical guitar... Um, the, the you know techniques similar and stuff, but if if uh, they're kind of different, but the um, classical guitar is harder. You know what I mean by far. Yeah, uh, more technically demanding. But if if you're just able to switch that thing in your brain, says okay, I'm playing electric guitar now, and then yeah, it's it's uh, definitely helps. That help me get some gigs. Really, um, for sure. Like uh, David Archuleta's gig. Um, they called Sam Carden, a composer here in Utah. He's buddies with Kurt Bester. Yeah. Um, he referred me to David Archuleta's music director, uh, Kendra Lowe, who's a great pianist in this area. And uh, the gig requires you to like play pop music and then do the rock star thing, take a solo, improvise. But then it's like, cool, we're going to play some tunes where he's speaking Spanish and, and singing. And so it's got to be the nylon guitar, yeah. Spanishy thing. And then it'll be like a Christmas thing. And then Nathan Pacheco will come out and sing this big opera thing. And you got to do the classical. So it's, it's uh, if I was just a rock guy or like a pop dude, um, probably couldn't. Uh, wouldn't have got that. So it's, it's opened a lot of doors for you. Yeah. And it, uh, yep. It's, it's, if, 
jack of all trades sometimes helps you. Even though it's like cool, he can do all this like classical guitar stuff, but the gig is ninety five percent pop. You yeah, know I mean? but right. but that one time or you're, we're doing a radio show or something, we needed to only bring an acoustic guitar and you uh, sing Spanishy stuff. So it's definitely helped. Uh, Help me get some work in, in that world. Yeah. Uh, you played your first gig, you say, when you were eight years old. Yeah. Tell me about that. So I, uh, my grandpa grew up uh, playing jazz, bass, and barbershop music at uh, the Elks Club and at the Riverside Country Club in Provo um, just for tips and like supplemental income. Right. And so I it was in a classical little, little kid classical guitar thing and we went down to the country club there and started playing and then a dude put like 50 bucks in my case, after you know, I was eight yeah. years old, fifty bucks. You know, what I mean, that's like, a lot of money. That's <laughs> yeah. a lot of money, money to me. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I, yeah, I, I did that, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And so I, I, in my mind, I always thought like I'll play music for supplemental income. My dad was a poor school teacher. My mom, you know, also. So uh, they always had second jobs. You know, what I mean, to, to, to feed. Right. The, the, the teaching's a noble profession, but it pays terrible. That's right. So uh, my dad laid carpet. You know, and my my grandpa played gigs. My uncle played gigs. My aunt played gigs just to supplement. So I was like, I got to have an extra skill, probably just in case to, if I do something that I need some extra cash. This is you know, it's great. So but, you come from a family of at least semi-professional musicians. Yeah, they they just kind of gigged on the side. You know, type of thing. Do you think how much of music do you think is Genetics, like like when you look at really great musicians or people, let's say people who really do have a career in music. Mm-hmm. Do you think a lot of it depends, kind of like what you see in your family, a little bit of a maybe a predisposition to the work? Yeah, like my dad's side, they're ski racers, so they lived on the mountain, you know, and I, I, I um, they tried to get me to ski race, and I was like not having it, you know, because I was. They want me to go really fast, and I'm. Yeah. I put on the brakes. I'm like, I don't want to die. Right. You know? Yeah. But uh, my fa- my dad's side doesn't have that gene. They're like, cool, I'll go fast, whatever. <laughs> cool. But then me on the music side, I think uh, music was around. My mom um, doesn't play much, uh, but she has a great ear because she grew up around that barbershop stuff, and so. I think it's uh, just being exposed to it really helps. It. There, there's abilities given to people, um, but I, I think everybody can develop it if they want. Really, I, I didn't have the gift. You know what I mean? Like my okay. mom was, I was taking lessons just to. She thought it helped me make me smarter and get through school better. And then I had no rhythm, and she was like just shaking her head, going, "What's going on?" And she'd mar- <laughs> have me march around the like Mr. Holland's Opus when they're hitting the helmet. You know, that was me. I, I didn't have any of that. And my friends that are like naturally, my sister naturally gifted got the whole perfect pitch thing going on right. shreds on the violin didn't really pursue it it's easy so she had the gift and then like my mom could hear harmonies she still hears stuff that i don't hear uh, naturally and then uh so i have to work pretty hard i don't i don't have like the you know i I've, I've been blessed with being able to work hard but i don't have i don't get it as quick as other people do really yeah. that's amazing but it also kind of gives hope to people right yeah that, that if so much of this ability is wrapped up in that hard work Yep. Well, then it's an open door. Yeah, I think if it if it came super easy too, it might be like my sister not pursue it because it's not interesting. You don't have to work too hard at it. It's do something else that she kind of likes to work at. Yeah. Know? So I think it's uh, in my case it's it's been a blessing that I'm not super good at it because I can really work hard at it and it's something I'm I'm proud of after. Let's talk about uh, what at what point did you really? What was the moment where you said, yeah. I can make it happen in music. I have a career in music. What was the moment where you knew that, yeah, you could do it? Because uh, you're in a rarefied profession. Yeah, it, it ain't easy, man. No, <laughs> like, no, it's You got to do a bunch of stuff. Um, 
sometimes I, you know, I'm like, I'm going to stop, man. I'll just do something else. But then I, if I do other things, I get pretty sad, you know, and depressed or I, I, really? uh, I find myself thinking about playing gigs, you know, and I'll complain. I'll do like some corporate gig where your party planner doesn't treat you well and you're like the hired help. You yeah, know, and they, yeah. They spent more on the napkins than they have the band or something, you know, and the, or, but I, I still like doing it. You know, I get excited the morning of a, a dumb corporate gig or something. I'm going to wake up and still kind of practice up a little bit and I'm going to yeah. love, I'm going to be a little ham on stage and it, it's kind of fun. So, um, I just think, I, I just thought I, I love doing it, and I, I was just going to go to school for something, and it just kind of turned into to income, and then that, uh, I was able to get creative and you know buy a house and get a family and pay for them and all that stuff. So it's I don't know. There there are times I'm not sleeping and trying to figure out you know <laughs> how am I going to pay for this, and it's uh, caused me to be creative and find little niches of uh, where I'm going to try to make a buck you know yeah had you what is a, did you ever consider doing anything else i mean did you ever look for like take a real serious look or even start to pursue a different career path than music yeah no no i i just went to school in music because it was free right and right. I, I liked it and i was like cool I, I dig it and um i looked in the education thing about my parents being teachers and you know i was like ah, this, is, this sucks you know and I, like that's a that's a plan b right you know right um but i end up doing that quite often now and then uh other things, I don't know. My mom also did a cubicle thing, and I was like, man, I don't want to do the computer programming thing, which I'm also doing now too on this <laughs> side. Like, so it's like those the, those things. I uh, it just, it's kind of happened, you know. I didn't really yeah. study it traditionally in school and stuff like that. I just I don't know. You just always did it. Yeah, I always just played gigs. Like I I got a gig, and then it paid, and then just you know help pay a little bit for school, and then that one kind of. Uh, snowballed into other things. Uh, what's your favorite gig you've ever played? Does one stand out? Um, I was at the Philippines. That was cool. We were in the Manila at the Kia Theater, and it was just me and David. And I thought we were going to do like uh, David Archuleta, me and David Archuleta. And I thought it was going to be, um, you know, a full band thing. And they said, hey, we're only bringing you and him. Really? So I was like, wow, okay. And they're like, you know, thousand plus people or whatever in this, in this cool different country. And so I had to uh, get all the rest of the band and put it on the computer and do this stuff. And I, I thought it was going to be like an intimate thing possibly. Like, uh, but it was still – we get there, there are big screens and the lights and the lasers and the smoke and the, wow. the people screaming and all that. And so I um, made it look like a rock. And we pulled it off, just me and him in front of all these people. And it was still the big loud music. And I yeah. thought it was going to be cheesy just with me and him and no drummer, no bass or whatever. But I – Put it on the computer, gave the sound guy enough control so he could make it bump and right. like a concert, and the the crew pulled it off. And people loved it. I was like, wow, that was it was a great experience. That's you know? amazing. <laughs> you just did the one show, just the one show there. We did, we were there a week and we did five days of promo. Uh, he was on a TV show there, and and he had it's a charity over there, and we did radio stuff. So it was like wake up in the morning, do radio, do TV, do this and this, this, this. For it was it was exhausting. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. <laughs> well, and what is what an interesting place because if a Philippine band came here, yeah. I I don't know that I've ever heard of one. Yeah, lead singer Journey. Here. He's from the Philippines. Is he from the yeah, Philippines? Arnel Pineda. Yeah, he's, that, it, that's it. Yeah. It just seems like a weird place for an American band to go and do a one show in the Philippines. The Philippines are the Filipinos are plugged in, man, to American pop. Are culture they really more than me? Like, I was they, they'd check their phone and be like, "Oh, this basketball player broke his leg and I or broke his ankle," and I'm like, "Oh, who?" He's like, "Well, he's from Utah Jazz, you, don't you know?" I'm like, oh, I, "I don't know," <laughs> and they're getting it in real time updates, and they're like. 
into American Idol. They're into The Voice. They're into Ed Sheeran. They're into Bruno yeah. Mars. They're into all of that. Like I could say more than a lot of people, more into American pop culture than a lot of Americans. Are. All right. Here's another question for you. Uh, if you could play, if you could pick up a guitar for any band across mm-hmm. the spectrum of rock history, mm-hmm. doesn't have to be current, just pick up a band or even outside, well, who would you want to play for and when? Uh, Prince. Prince. Prince whenever. <laughs> Pr- really? Why Prince? Yeah. Prince, he's the man. He is... Well, he's classically trained like you. I, I, don't, I don't even know. Like, uh, the guy's the guy's awesome. He's got it. He's a performer. Um, his funk guitar stuff and his rock guitar stuff is awesome. This, he's, the, he's the greatest. Like, he... I probably base most of my funk playing and, and melodic playing off of Prince because, like, he thinks of it not as a guitar player, he thinks of it as a as a musician, as an artist that he, he was, and so it's it's not like I'm going to play this guitar riff. It's like I'm going to play this musical thing, and I'm going to use the guitar to right. do it. And he he was just so good at that, and then performing, he understood that there's an audience, right? And he's got to entertain them, and then he would sing, and he would dance, and he would do it. Just being in his band would be so <laughs> so, so amazing. Awesome. Yeah, so that, yeah, I'd play for Prince. Yeah, let's grab a quick break. When we come back, uh, I'm going to ask you a couple of other questions. I want to ask you about a low point. In your mm-hmm. music career so far. We, we covered, you know, High Point, really awesome uh, gig. Mm-hmm. I want to hit a low point. You know, whatever you're willing to disclose publicly. Yeah. No. Uh, and then also I want to get your advice for young musicians because listening to this podcast episode right now is a young musician who is thinking to themselves, man, that's the kind of career I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so whatever kind of advice you've got for them, we'll take that when we come back. We're continuing our conversation with Brady Bills. Brady Bills is an amazing guitarist. You can see him at BradyBillsMusic.com. He's got a lot of videos there, a lot of information about himself, his career, and some of the great bands and musicians that he's performed with, continues to perform with, uh, including uh, the band The Strikes. And you may be familiar with The Strikes. The Strike, uh, singular, yeah. The Strike, pardon me. No, you're fine. The Strike. Uh, I was, and maybe perhaps that betrayed my ignorance, but <laughs> I've been, uh, over the last several days, familiarizing myself with The Strike, and I've really enjoyed it. And it's got kind of, you've got kind of, uh, I, I don't know, just my my layman's ears, right? Uh, kind of a throwback kind of a, of a sound. It's very, very cool. It's very fun. I've, I've enjoyed it. Well, thanks. We enjoy playing. Fun, great fun band. Great to see live. Lots of energy. Yeah, the yeah. horns are fantastic. Yeah, we love the horns. Gotta and, love the horns. And of course, the guitar. Guitar is cool. Yeah. yeah, guitar is great. So you can take credit for that. But thank you. But sometimes uh, that's not me playing. I don't know if I should reveal. Right. When you get to the studio stuff, it's uh, sometimes our bass player is a great guitar player, and he'll be like, "I just laid that part down," and I'll be like. Go into the studio to replace it. And I'm like, man, it just sounds it. fine. Yeah, it sounds great. You know? <laughs> hey, look, whatever you want to reveal is fine. Whatever you want to hold close is fine too. So I'm, it's. But let's talk a little bit more about what it's like having a career in music because so many people will get some sort of music education. So many people will pick up an instrument to try it. So few, though, actually plant their flag and pay the bills. Mm-hmm. With music, I mean, you're doing something that the population of people that could, that are doing what you're doing is so vanishingly small. Uh, 
But it's also inspiring to think that it's possible. And maybe you've got uh, a son or a daughter or someone in your family or in your group of friends that's talented. Refer them to this podcast because I think there's a lot of inspiration here, not just with Brady, but with uh, a lot of the other musicians that we've we've featured here. So, Brady, uh, let's talk a little bit about your career. We, we hit kind of a high point. You know, your gig in Philippines, which is great. What's a low point for you? When have you felt low in your in your career? Um, you already mentioned that there have been times where you've considered giving it up, which, which, by the way, every musician I've talked to has said the same thing. Yeah, well, it's, maybe it's like the you know once a month consider giving it up, <laughs> but you have to be um, you know when the money is coming in with gigs and tours and stuff, you're like, great, yeah, awesome, and then those stop, and you're like, oh man, like I just played in front of I, how many concerts did I do, and I have like. Less than a thousand dollars in my bank account. Like, what happened? I have a college degree. I'm I'm trying to do everything right, man. There's no money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I've done time uh, teaching high school. I did that for two or three years, and then playing gigs on the side. And then um, I ended up writing guitar curriculum for online high schools. And then, uh, you know, it didn't pay at the beginning, and then all of a sudden, BYU's independent study buys it. You know, so then. Mm-hmm. then uh, so those types of things. And so it, there's a lot of low points when you're trying to do what's right and then let's say you're married, you have kids, and you don't have health insurance or something. You yeah. know? And you're like, man, this this is terrible. And so you get a desk job. And I think when I had a desk job, that was the low point. You know, Really? What were you doing? Uh, just doing uh, monkey work you know, on the computer. <laughs> like, you know, just uh, ten- uh, repetitive stuff, uh, monotony. That would be the word. Yeah. But um, – when you're doing music stuff, it's it's your monotony. You know, you're like, yeah, that, right. I can do this boring stuff forever because it's mine. That's when right. you're working for somebody else, it's not yours. And then it's, uh, you know, you're not too passionate about it. You go home to your wife and or you, you tell your family, like, look what I did. I did back-end data entry for somebody else. And it's – now you could search on this website. Great. You know, yeah. what do you do? But, uh, you know, so that, that's kind of, kind of low. And then uh, not being there for your kids, that sucks. You know, like you're – People on Facebook, yeah, you're touring around. You're doing such a great, good for you. It's inspiring, whatever. It's like, yeah, I missed my kid's birthday. How oh, great of a person am I? You know, <laughs> like, oh, what did I miss it for? Oh, to play a gig for some strangers. You know, that's why I didn't go to the the one person in your life who's most important to you, yeah. like your wife and kids. But it's a, uh, you know, so it's um, that's kind of hard uh, if you're if you're going to be gone and and not seeing them. You know, so that's that's kind of that's kind of a low point as well. Well, I, I imagined uh, that. Your wife probably gives you a lot of space to kind of figure this stuff out. You yeah. should have to. Yeah, so she she uh she's good. We'll we'll pick and choose what things, and then I'll try to try to be home as po- as much as possible. And then you, when it comes down to it, you know, like the gig glory ends. You know, it's it's cool, but then you know after it's like okay, cool, whatever. Right? You're the side guy for the for the guy. You know what I mean? Or, or <laughs> you're in the band. Nobody really knows your name. You know, and then it's uh, then it's over, and then you're going back home to the people you see every day who who are most important. So it, you have to really pick and choose like what's work um, and what's band stuff and what's what's great to do and what should you probably not do or, and try to make sure when you're home you got to be home. And I'm still working on it. Try not to check my phone or check an email or have some idea in my head that I'll go write down or something uh, just to try to be there with with the kids. Yeah. Uh, have you started to see any musical 
interest in your in your children. I know they're still pretty young, but uh, you've you're all, you've got one that's three. I think you said three yeah, and three month old. So the, so th- well, three is pretty young, but I don't know. Are you seeing anything? Yeah, she dances around. She, she grabs a mic. She, you know, got microphones there around the house. She'll grab one and then she makes me turn on a song and she'll sing it. And she sings in key. And then Great. she'll make us all sit down and she'll sing and dance for us. And then if we sing along, she makes us stop because <laughs> it's her show. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we got to do that. And my wife's uh, from West Africa. So the dancing comes a little more naturally for our kids than, than me. <laughs> Cause she's, so, yeah, because they've got that culture. It's in the culture, culture yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Then my wife will – I'll be dancing around. She'll be like, honey, just don't, don't, don't let her see you doing that. <laughs> you know, how about I teach her how to dance? You know? But she's, uh, she loves singing and dancing. She loves – Concerts. She'll go to the. Uh, she hasn't been to the strike concert. A little too loud for the little okay. kid. She'll go to the David Archuleta ones. Those are those are great volume for her. Or she'll be side stage, or we give her the headphones, and then she'll. Uh, we were playing a private gig um, with him, and then she was up on the st- on the stairs, you know. And then she was dancing, and then some of the audience was kind of watching her you know, <laughs> towards the back, and she was just singing and dancing, and she she loves that. And, um, whenever there's a song of his on, she'll be like, oh, it's David. Or she'll think, uh, we played an Imagine Dragons song with David once. And she thinks Imagine Dragons is David. And so yeah, right. Whenever they're on the radio, she'll be like, hey, it's David. And she, she sings and she knows the words. And so she's uh, she's pretty pretty active, loves music. Yeah, stuff, so. that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Well, then uh, she, then it'll probably keep going just like this. I'm, I'm, I'm sure at some point on down the road, she's going to be looking to you for a little bit of advice and inspiration. Yeah. How to make this work. <laughs> And I'll be like, you sure you don't like something else? Like, you know, the world needs doctors. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> Being a lawyer is interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about this then. Let's talk about the the advice part. Mm-hmm. Because listening to this episode are some young people who love music, who want a career. Maybe they're feeling discouraged about it. Maybe they're getting discouragement, right? A lot of young musicians are discouraged out of the industry by well-meaning parents and and other family members. So what what kind of advice would you give to a young musician who says looks at you and says, man, that's, that's what I want to do? Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people complain. Right now, like this isn't the way music was with the with the we had labels and they'd pay for things, but now they're Spotify and killing. I'm like, but bro, like with YouTube and those types of things, I think all you have to do now is be great. That's it. If you're great, people will see you being great, and then you could play at a gig. And if you're great, people will be like, "Whoa, that was that was great." And can hire. I think the chance to be found is is possibly easier than it was, but you have to be good. You know, there's yeah. so many people on YouTube and Instagram you, that are just hobbyists and you follow them and you're like, wow, that guy is so much better than me <laughs> or, or great. <laughs> you know, they're great. So I think if you want to do this, you got to be great. You got to practice. How do you get great? You got to practice, right? Yeah. And you can't just be great at, at your thing. Like one thing, like I'm a great guitar player. Okay, who cares? There's 9,000 great guitar players in like in your state, right? Or something. Um, so you have to be good and you got to be an easy hang. Or you have what, to have another skill. What do you mean too. by easy hang? Like you can be great and then um, if nobody wants to bring you on their tour bus because you're annoying or you're late Got or it. you're cocky or you say things you shouldn't say or in – you know, if you're working for an artist, you can't reveal stuff. You know what no, I mean? Oh, yeah. And what if you start saying stuff? You know what I mean? Or if you're – or if uh, – I had one dude got him a country gig. And then he's on the bus talking about like how he doesn't like country or how, like yeah, he's a big anti-gun proponent guy. And I'm like, hey, in the country band, this is how it works. You don't talk about those things. No, you just keep it to <laughs> like, yourself, man. You know, and I'm like, yeah, so you got to be kind of politically neutral all the time. 
um, in in close circles and your friends you can't, you know, but sure, like not publicly. You don't want to do those things because uh, it's a very uh, different world about uh, there from maybe where you live or things yeah. like that. So you got to got to be an easy hang. Um, people want need to like if you're above the threshold, you know, you got to be good enough. But then you also have to be an easy hang and honest and, and those types of things. So so you feel like uh, a really good guitar player who can who's good at relationships is going to go farther than an exceptional yeah, well, for sure. guitar yeah. player that's poor at relationships. Yeah, and you got to know how to stay in your lane uh, musically and uh, uh, other things. So, like, let's say you're a fantastic guitar player, but the song calls for you to go, like, junk, junk, rest, rest, junk, junk, rest. You might have somebody who's going, junk, junk, filling it all this stuff, but you're stepping over your lane because maybe the piano player's doing that part or the singer doesn't like the way that's going or the drummer's filling up. So you got to play, know how to be good enough to play your part, discipline enough. Like you guys got to play what they want you to play and then find joy in playing that part the best you can and not cruddying up the rest of it <laughs> with garbage. I, I, so I get called all the time because I stay in my lane. You know, yeah. it's like, especially if it's like a funk thing that you, maybe you got a really good keyboard player, man, if you've got a good keyboard player, you as a guitar player are going to be playing less notes because he's, he's really good. So why don't you let him be great and you support him or if your singer is fantastic support your singer you're like you're the hired guitar guy yeah you're not the lead singer probably or if you're in someone else's band if the the lead thing's a horn thing he's the lead thing you'll yeah. have your time to to be the lead guy it's like cool in this song all of a sudden it's like i have a solo cool i'm i'm the lead singer for that solo for right now i'm the, i'm the i'm the dude but then as soon as that chorus comes back in you're back to supporting so you've got to learn how to support your people and not not play too much you know? right it's it's all about Stay in that lane. Yeah. If you want to learn more about Brady Bills, you can go to BradyBillsMusic.com. It's got all his bio, a bunch of videos, great information on him and the work that he's been doing. Brady, thanks so much for doing this. This has been fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Great. Glad to be here.